So here we are, episode two. Kind of crazy on Fonzie philosophy. Hope you guys are doing well. Recording this on a Sunday here, Sunday after the draft. That's one of the reasons why I waited an extra day. As I said, I was going to talk about my opinions on the draft. Uh, and if you guys want to respond with yours, I welcome them because the draft, the cool thing about the draft is everyone wins. Everyone wins in the draft. Everyone thinks the draft is great. Everyone thinks their draft is perfect. Everyone thinks that they won the draft and they fixed all their problems and all is amazing. And that's the beautiful thing. Plus, we needed it right now. Uh, I was a draft junkie. I always have been a draft junkie, especially because I'm a college football junkie. So I able to transition what I see on Saturdays to the players that they're getting on Sundays. So it's a lot of fun. And I think it was uh, a lot of fun this time with the, you know, the virtual draft and everything and all the weird setups, you know, Mike Vrabel's got a bunch of uh, things going on. If you guys caught it, there was a guy taking a, a deuce in the back, in the background and the reflection and people are kind of staging some stuff. So it was cool. It was a lot of fun and I enjoyed it. Uh, some interesting facts. Uh, the SEC had 15 draft picks on the first day. So I, that is a record. They set the record. They break. They broke their own record. And I think they had over 50 players picked in the first three rounds. So again, that shows that's where college football dominates. It's in the South. And if you have any questions of it, uh, go look at the draft and go look at NFL rosters. It's all from the SEC. That's where players go. They produce them. And that's why they keep winning national titles. You know, you get Clemson thrown in every once in a while, but they're pretty much an SEC team playing in ACC. And Ohio State recruits like an SEC team. So college football's, uh, the dynamic of college football is not going to change for a while. The winners, the rich is going to keep on getting richer because you can just recruit as, and you get five stars. You get first round draft picks every year. Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, Ed Ogeron. Now they're getting first round draft picks every year along with Dabo and now Ryan Day in Ohio State. But I digress. I still love college football and the pageantry of it. But let's break down a little bit. Uh I kind of don't want to do winners or losers. We already have enough of those in grades, but I am going to talk about what I feel uh, were the teams that were most consistent, the surprise teams, and the disappointing teams I felt could have done a little bit better. Uh, the consistent teams, these are why these teams win. These are why these ten teams constantly are in playoffs or on the way to the playoffs. They rebuild successfully, uh, and they actually are able to you know, handle some good breaks. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes bad things happen to them, but they're consistent staffs and they have consistent front offices. So Ravens, number one, love the the queen, Patrick Queen pick at the end of the first round. How does that guy fall into their lap? Then they get J.K. Dobbins later. It's ridiculous. Uh, Patriots consistently, except they didn't get the quarterback, but I think they didn't get the quarterback because the one they wanted, they didn't want to go up and get. They're going to Maybe use all, if you guys don't realize, I think they have about 13, 14 draft picks next year total. And I think they're going to use all that draft capital and trade up to try to get Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence next year. I think the Colts rallied and did a great job. Uh, so they got Phillip Rivers playing behind one of the best offensive lines in the country this year. Uh, and they're going to protect him. And then they bolstered up. They got uh, Michael Pittman in the second round, which is the sleeper wide receiver out of USC. If you don't, 
know Michael Pittman and you're in California, you don't watch USC football. That guy's amazing. They drafted Jonathan Taylor, the running back out of Wisconsin. And then they got Jacob Eason in the fifth round, which was awesome. Uh, in the fourth round, excuse me. So they have a guy they can sit behind Phillip Rivers, and he basically plays the same way as Phillip Rivers. He was, he's a statue back there, but he can sling it. And so they're building what they have now for the future. Chiefs, Rich just got richer again. Get uh, Charles Edwards Alaire into the first round. They got more speed. I mean, you know, Kansas City might repeat, and it's not going to matter. I mean, their defense is not going to be great, but you are. It's going to be impossible to score with them most Sundays. It's going to be impossible. I mean, they've got more guys who are going to score more points. And then my last consistent team, because they draft well, they just are the the stubbing of the toe team in the NFL, are the Chargers. They had a great draft. Chargers had a great draft. They got their quarterback for the future, Herbert. They got a linebacker from Alabama late in the first round. They just kept getting players and dudes all over the place. Their defense might be the best in the league. Uh, and they also got some speed on offense. They got Josh Kelly out of UCLA to help. So they have the pair, the dynamic duo in the backfield which is awesome, and that's going to be great. So, you know, consistent teams, teams that usually win a lot. You know, Chargers are kind of the outlier right there. Um, my consistent teams, they draft well. They just get you the injury bug, and they just lose games the way you're just – how do you lose games? I don't know, but we'll see what happens with the Chargers. Uh, my surprise team, my surprise teams, positively surprised teams, uh, Dolphins had 15-plus picks and used them all perfectly. They got the quarterback. I love Tua. Tua would have been the number one pick if he didn't have the injury issue. Tua has the highest ceiling. He has the lowest floor. He will be better than Burrow. Uh, he can sit there for a year because they got Fitz Magic down there. He, it's perfect. They're able to get players. They got defensive backs. They're building that team. Uh, you know, got a true uh, staff from the Dolphins. Uh, from the Patriots, so they know exactly what they're doing and where they're going to go. The Dolphins are on their way up. They play hard, and they just bolster their team. I, the Panthers are the first team to ever go all defense, and Matt Rule knew he had to fix the defense, and that's what he's going to do, and I would not be surprised if next year they trade Christian McCaffrey. I would not be surprised to get more players. Uh, even though they re-signed him and they gave him that contract, I would not be surprised if they traded him because Matt Rule is a defensive guy. If you didn't know that, he was a defensive guy. He's going to build on defense. You can coach defense. You can teach defense. His team actually played defense. Baylor played defense in the Big 12, the you know the fireworks conference in college football. His team played defense. So he's redoing, rebuilding that defense uh, at all three levels and going to be stronger. And again, I would not be surprised next year if they trade McCaffrey for draft picks and got young, cheaper talent on offense next year. I would not be surprised that. Uh, the Bucks. I don't know why they traded up one spot to get uh, the tackle. I did not think the 49ers were going to take that. Uh, but hey, they did, and they're protected Brady. They got Wurfs out of Iowa. Great pick. He'll protect Brady. They got some playmakers to protect, for Brady to throw. They're going all in over the next two to three years. For Brady, I know he's a two-year deal, so you never know. He might get it one more year after that, but they're going all in. I think the Browns had an adult draft. They made adult decisions. They got players, and they got protection for Baker, and it was a smart idea. They got uh, Worfs, uh, not Worfs, they got Willis, excuse me, Willis out of Alabama, which is probably the best tackle in the draft uh, to protect him. Uh they got more more receivers, and they got another uh, tight end for him. So, again, they're just going to 
get some playmakers, and then their defense is ridiculous. The three best defenses in the AFC might all be in the AFC North with Pittsburgh, the Ravens, and the, the Browns. Uh, the Chargers, of course, are up there as well. But the, those defenses, those D-lines, the front seven are ridiculous. So the Browns had an adult draft, very mature, and we'll see what happens with it. But I think they're going to be ready to go. It's a great job. Cowboys. I mean, CeeDee Lamb falls in the lap of Jerry Jones, maybe the best receiver in the draft, falls into his lap at 17. So he doesn't even have to think about it. He takes them. And so when you're sitting on a yacht somewhere, you know, doing your thing, uh, you got to have some some relaxing comforts. And he also got the uh, got the back end solidified, got some good corners and all that stuff. But the Cowboys had a great, great draft. Very surprising that Jerry by himself was able to control himself and get players that he wanted to. Disappointments. Uh, number one, the easiest one has to be Green Bay. You're trading up to get Jordan Love. What are you telling Aaron Rodgers? Unless you're trying to piss Aaron Rodgers off. I mean, Aaron Rodgers needs pieces. He needs players. So we'll see what happens, uh, you know, in the long run. But kind of crazy that, wow, I don't know what you're doing. You know, and then they got A.J. Dillon later, which makes sense because Aaron Jones is in a contract year and you know, sometimes you just use running backs for three years and let them go. So they're going to go cheaper for A.J. Dillon and get let Aaron Jones go, and Dillon will take over in 2021. You know, the Lions uh, should have moved out because they probably could have gotten Nakuda at six or even seven. I don't know why they didn't try to shop that pick a little bit more, but I think maybe in this draft they didn't want things to kind of get weird. I mean, we didn't have a trade until the first 12 picks, I think. 12, no, 13th pick. That was the one when the Tampa Bay went up to the 49ers. Pink people were maybe because of the technology were afraid to get, you know, something messed up with that. So it was kind of interesting, but they should have moved out. I was not a fan of what the Texans did. I thought the Raiders reached for players. I think they took Ruggs as the first receiver. Uh, but, you know, again, I'm not Mike Mayock. Mike Mayock's had some pretty good drafts so far. This is the second one. But I don't know. It was really weird. And then the Jags are tanking. You're going to still really see what the Jags are doing. They're getting defense. They're not going to get offense. Their offense is going to be terrible. I would not be surprised if they actually still try to trade Fournette sooner or later in the future and just totally tank and bomb and be in the uh, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields sweepstakes as well. But that's my quick rundown of my consistent surprises and disappointments a little overall. Uh, out of the my uh, favorite picks out of the first six rounds, seventh, I think, is kind of negotiable. Uh, it's quite an interesting stat. I'm going to say after this that I know you guys probably all saw if you watched the draft, but I'm going to kind of reiterate it. Uh, my favorite pick in the first round was Queen for the Ravens because he fell over their lap and like that defense just got more nasty. Uh, second, as I said, Michael Pittman to the Colts. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Michael Pittman go to the Colts. He's going to be great. He is the son, of course, of uh, Michael Pittman who played – uh, for the Tampa Bay Bucks under Gruden. Third third, third round, Zach Vaughn fell to the Saints, the, the Wisconsin linebacker. He's going to be amazing in that defense. Uh, very stop, solid. He was actually a quarterback in high school and then was recruited to then beef up and play linebacker. So he's got a great football IQ. He's awesome and he's fast. My, in the fourth round, I said I love Easton to the Colts. Love that pick. He can sit. He can figure out the game for a year. Let Philip Rivers take his lumps and then move on. Fifth pick, I love uh, the Weaver pick uh, for Miami. They got Weaver out of uh, Boise State University, the uh, 
the lineman out of Boise State University. It's a great pick for Miami. Again, protecting Fitzmagic. And then, of course, in the future, protecting Tua. And in the sixth round, I have two. They both went to the Chargers, again, solidifying their safeties and their back end. Uh, two safeties. They got Fuller out of Ohio State and Alohi Gilman out of Notre Dame. Again, solidifying their defense. The San Diego Chargers defense is ridiculous. Totally ridiculous. Uh, it was ridiculous last year, and they didn't have Derwin James. But now they got Derwin James. You still got Melvin Gordon. Uh, not Melvin Gordon. Uh, Melvin Ingram, excuse me. You got Bosa. Uh, Derwin James back. You just got so many players coming up. Their D-line is coming up and getting stronger. A lot of their D-linemen are actually got injured in preseason. So that defense is ridiculous. And again, the seventh round, I kind of was all over the place on the seventh. Uh, didn't find anyone in particular, but there were a lot of good picks. Realize that, and you probably saw this stat, 65% of the rosters, of course, it makes sense because there's more picks there, are actually making the rosters from fourth to the fourth and the seventh round. 65% or undrafted free agents. You guys might have saw that stat. That's the depth of your lineup. That's the depth of your team. That's where you start getting all those players who can either replace, take over for injuries. They can, you know, do little things here and there. They're your third wide receiver. They're your backup uh, left tackle, depending on. That's where the depth comes. And, of course, we all know stories of fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh rounders that, of course, have become stars. Of course, the famous one is Tommy Brady, you know. But, you know, Edelman, yeah, a lot of our Patriots, weird, right? So a lot of these players are coming out of nowhere. So again, this is the bulk of your draft. The bulk of your team is these last 65% players. So it was quite unique overall. Uh, you know, I took a lot of notes on the draft itself. Like I said, in round one, uh, you know, pretty much it went according to plan. I said the first trade wasn't up until pick 13, where the uh, 49ers traded with the Bucks. They made a swap spaces. Uh, as I said, they got – Bucks were able to get Werfs, and then the 49ers got Kinlaw. So they basically shipped off an expensive D-lineman, DeForest Buckner, to Indianapolis, replaced him with uh, Kinlaw from South Carolina. So it's, again, replacing, and it's cheaper because that's what it is, man. You get the quarterback, you try to do as much as you can without having to uh, pay the quarterback, you know, one of those things overall. Uh, again, Dolphins had so many picks, they had – Three in the first round, they actually traded one away, but they had those picks in the first round. They used them wisely. Again, don't understand what Green Bay was doing going up and getting uh, Jordan Love, but hey, if they see something, you know, you got to use it and got to do it. Uh, so overall, it works. Vikings actually are pretty solid. Vikings got Jefferson, the receiver out of LSU. He'll take over for Diggs right away. Stephon Diggs, who was traded to, of course, Buffalo. And then they also got the defensive back out of TCU. Realize the defensive back out of TCU, uh, Gladney, that they received, that they drafted, he was the only uh, defensive back that shut down C.D. Lamb, the Oklahoma receiver, who was considered the best receiver in the draft. He actually shut him down during the season. So, you know, uh, Vikings are known for their defense. They're, he's able to slip right in because they, they had a few guys in their secondary uh, retire and actually leave this over the past season. So pretty solid right there. Uh, overall, again, I think the Cardinals, you can't pack, pass on Simmons, you know, who fell to them in that night in the, the seventh pick, excuse me, the eighth pick. Uh, you, you couldn't pass on Simmons. You had to take him, even though you want to get an offensive lineman to protect Kyler. You know, Simmons might be the most, you know, uh, athletic defensive player in the draft. Uh, and he can play anywhere, so he can go in. You put him along with Patrick Peterson. 
some of those other guys on the defensive end, Cardinals, and can rebuild that defense pretty quick. The Jets took the massive guy, uh, Makai Becton. He has the most upside, but he also could be the biggest faller on the offensive lineman. This is the 360-plus offensive lineman from Louisville who ran the fastest 40 for a guy over 300-plus pounds. Uh, So he's a dude, but, you know, again, he's going to have to, A, keep that weight under control, and then he's going to have to overall be aware uh, and kind of live up to this potential because he kind of disappears a lot. Uh, The Dolphins taking Austin Jackson out of USC. He needs to get a little stronger. I think he'll actually play the right side this year first, uh, not the blind side for Fitzmagic. But then, of course, if he stays on the right side, he'll be be the blind side protector for Tua. So, you know, again, he'll have to do it in some way, shape, or form. He's going to have to pay attention to it. Uh, You know, again, the draft was fun. I was very much, you know, embedded watching it. Uh, and really just love the entire experience since it was a return of some normalcy in some way, shape, or form. Uh, but again, we have to, you know, overall enjoy our, some certain things every once in a while. But again, I think the biggest thing you take away, the SEC has the most players. They always do and as of now always will. Uh, 65% of your roster comes from the day three picks. Uh, this is kind of like a huge overall, you know, understanding of uh, return to normalcy in some way, shape, or form. So, you know, we hope we can get some football in the fall. I think we will, but it'll be quite unique. Maybe it's a little bit later. You know, overall, it is what it is, but you're going to see that the best organizations, the smart organizations, the organizations that win or make the playoffs every year, they make smart decisions. They get good players. If you have the GM right, the owner right, the coach right, and the quarterback right, you're going to win games and you're going to be successful that we complain about new england well look at their ownership look at their general manager look at their coach and look at the look who the quarterback was you know kansas city's rolling right now they've had great ownership they've had a great gm they got their coach with reed and now they got the quarterback with mahomes you know all these teams need to get the quarterback they want you're hoping the same thing of course now with the dolphins the chargers did with uh tua and herbert respectfully you know, you worry about Burrow. You worry about the, you know, the the Bungles. You know, they've had some good years here and there. You know, both Dalton and Carson Palmer had some good years. And then, of course, back in the day, uh, Boomer Esiason with Icky Wood. They went to the Super Bowl. Uh, they actually lost the Super Bowl twice in the 80s to the 49ers. Uh, but, you know, just recently, you have to realize their ownership. They don't trade because they could have gotten a haul for that pick. They don't trade out of it. They don't pay free agents that much. They're very stingy. Uh, you know, they let players go. So, you know, you wish him the best. He's going into a great division with a great defensive lineman uh, for the Cleveland Browns, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Baltimore Ravens. So he's going to get the, you know what, knocked out of him for the next few years. And so we'll see, you know, overall what he's going to do. So it's quite unique. I do think, though, this might be a time where you actually don't see the loser of the Super Bowl regress. I think the 49ers had a great draft and have great management. And we'll have an opportunity to go back to the Super Bowl this year. And they just proved it again with their draft. You know, Shanahan knows what he's doing. Uh, made some trades here and there. They actually wanted to get out of the first round. They didn't, but then they came back later, said they picked up the uh, defensive lineman out of South Carolina. And then they got came back later in the second and the third and got a bunch more players as well. So I love the draft. Uh, Breaking it down, a lot of great picks, a lot of great players. It's also interesting to see as all these great players that got drafted, 
there's still so many great college players that we watched on Saturdays that just go undrafted. And that shows how much a talent there is out there in college football right now. And of course, how exclusive the talent is in the NFL. But uh, I'm going to take a little break right here and I'm going to come back and we're going to talk about some other things. We're going to talk about uh, our thoughts, our feelings, our vibration and how all that works and how real it is and how we actually affect uh, what we come, what comes into our life by our thoughts, not actions. It's our thoughts. We're creating it with our thoughts. And I'm going to talk about that. So I'm back, part two. I'm actually using some incense, some sage, smudging the area, cleanse the energy. I'm gonna talk about energy and vibration, so I figured I might as well model that process. So get some sage, burn it, extinguish, of course, the flame, and just use the smoke and let it burn. So we're going to talk about energetic boundaries and vibration. So I got this from, uh, you can actually look him up. It's Abraham Hicks. And I follow a lot of what Abraham Hicks uh, recommends. And it's quite unique uh, talking about your vibration. Your frequency is basically what carries you not just through your day, but through your life, meaning you are creating a vibration to have things come into your life or not come into your life. And the idea, of course, and where all this comes from, and the I would say the effects of it goes into understanding that you're not just in charge of your reality, but you are a vibrational, you're in vibrational rhythm with the universe. And when you don't think about something, then what you do think about will come to you. And so this goes into certain things that we do, you know, don't think about that. Usually people are saying that about a negative thought because right. If you're thinking about the negative, you're going to attract the negative. You want to think about the intent of the positive. You want to put out there the positive, the positive result. And to add to that, your power lies within your ability to understand that you can find pleasure with just the intent of the thought not the actual waiting or to, to say the actual when it comes and when you actually have the action but just the thought should create the vibration of a positive result and you should take pleasure in that because by putting that into thought and that into play you are then creating the vibration that it will happen so your vibrational reality with the universe goes in how you actually are creating your reality and what you're actually putting out there does come back to you. And this isn't karma. This is talking about vibration, unless, of course, you're putting out and thinking bad things about people. But just in general, it goes into waking up in the morning and for the first 17 seconds, not focusing on your day and all you have to do in your day. It goes into waking up, sigh of relief of gratitude, sigh of relief that you have air conditioning because it's getting hot, 
uh, that you have a comfortable bed, that you woke, woke up again, stay in that positive vibration that raised that frequency. And don't think about all you have to do. Think about it's another beautiful day. It's another opportunity to better myself. It's another opportunity to have love and joy in my heart. And that then will carry you further. And after 17 seconds, maybe you can go for a minute. Maybe you can go for 17 minutes or 30 minutes. We'll be able to think about all of the joy and all of the great things you have. And you're setting yourself up on a positive vibration because your thoughts, your emotions, your feelings will then come back to you. Remember I said in the first episode about how Basically, the five people you interact with the most are basically your five personalities. And if you're getting around and not a lot of negative people and you get frustrated with them, what are your thoughts? What are you thinking about? What are you attracting? I'm not saying you should cut people out. I'm not saying you should cut them off because especially if you're in your family, what are you going to do? But it's something to be aware of that maybe if you change your thought process, their reaction to you would be different. And it's a quite unique thing to realize that's what you can control. You can control your thoughts. You can control your emotions. You have free will. You control your actions. But if we start with the thoughts, the actions become easier. If we thought we start with our thoughts, our emotions become more controlled or more calm. They don't go out of whack. So it's a quite unique thing to think about. And again, I recommend you looking uh, them up on YouTube, Abraham Hicks. And there's a lot of, and they're short videos, no more than 15 minutes, but it's a quite unique thing to think about, about how your vibration is everything, raising your vibration. And it's not just being happy with the action or to an extent the result when you receive the result. It's that fact that you put it out there. You need to be happy with that, that you're actually creating it. You're actually thinking about the end result. You're thinking about that joy and then that joy will come because you're creating it. And it's a beautiful thing to think about because when we're constantly creating, then all this beauty and joy will keep coming back to us if we're constantly creating all these positive effects and these positive emotions, these positive feelings. It's, a, it's actually a beautiful thing to think about how all these things are intertwined and come in together. So I want to take a few moments to talk about that because I am a firm believer in vibration and frequency. And, you know, I've been understanding a lot more about how you interact with people is sometimes more a reflection of you not just a reflection of them you know there's a quote about attitude and personality you know you don't affect my attitude but you know my actions around you excuse me you don't affect my personality but your actions will affect my attitude well those goes into emotions and what are you creating to affect your attitude what are you putting out there that making them come back to you it's a give and a take it's a vibration and you, you know you've had those feelings about people, about their energies off, their vibrations off. You just feel weird. You need to take note of that. goes back to intuition, what I was talking about in the first episode, about raising your intuition and being aware of that. Controlling those impulses and putting out a good frequency so that only people on that high frequency will come into your lives. You know, if you think about something, think about this, about vibration and energy and frequency. How many times... Have you thought about someone and they text you or they call you? It's not a coincidence. You put it out there. Positive or negative, put it out there. When I was as a teacher, I still do this, talking about a result of the test, going into that mindset, that mind frame. If you already think you're going to fail, you're putting the frequency out that the test is going to be hard, you're going to fail. Now, that doesn't go into the whole other idea of 
choice and control and preparation, but just in general, your vibration sets off that tone right then and there. So it's a quite unique thing. So I recommend it. I highly do recommend you looking up Abraham Hicks. Uh, it's quite unique uh, and it's quite over. I think it'll give you a lot more clarity. And if you start actually taking back a step and listening to what is said, you'll actually realize how it all aligns. And again, I'm here to, you know, my podcast has a lot of um, uh, uniqueness, but also I just want to right now share information with you so that you guys can get it in a condensed version. Next thing I want to talk about, because uh, you guys know I'm a huge David Wilcock fan and supporter. Uh, he came out with some interesting information over the past few weeks. Uh, and of course, the past few days, this past week, he actually announced and went live and talked about the uh, WikiLeaks dump. And that WikiLeaks dumped all of its files. Now, Julian Assange is a hero in the, in the respect that he has dumped a lot of stuff out there for you guys to find. And I will actually, I will remember this time to post the link to uh, the WikiLeaks, the Blacklist News. Uh, and I've already posted it on my Facebook, but I'll post it again. And that's quite unique to go in there. There's the Clinton emails. There's the Bilderberg data files. Uh, there's a lot of stuff out there. And, you know, I am one of those who believe that there is a, a sick entity that is controlling the world right now that is getting us to not love each other and to fight each other and to be against each other. And it's beyond a political spectrum. It's a control spectrum. You know, they use Democrats, Republicans, political leaders as their pawns to set the tone and set the tenor of the the uh, country and, of course, the world. I think it's deeper than that. I think that they're global. has nothing to do with a state or a country. So a lot of the information is quite deep and dark. So I recommend you um, reading some of it with maybe an open mind and, and maybe an empty stomach because some of the stuff is pretty gross. But I'm going to actually post that. But, you know, he's posting some things that a lot of people knew about. Uh, you know, the information with Epstein uh, and his relationship with Israel and why he couldn't be or wasn't going to be prosecuted for so long. Realized that Harvey Weinstein was basically going to, they, he, they dump how Harvey Weinstein was going to basically sing. He was going to tell the truth. He was going to sing. He was going to save his, you know what? And he would, and that's another reason why the fact that he's still not dead is quite, quite, quite unique because apparently he sang like a pigeon. And he basically, you know, let a lot of people know. And of course, that's not being released yet. And there's some rumors out there that one of the reasons why lockdown is going on, the quarantine happened at the same time as they're supposed to be doing more mass arrests and, and you know, opening uh, sealed files to indict these sealed indictments to indict all these people who've been doing crimes against humanity and everything. So, again, I will actually put the link to the most latest David Wilcock information as well because uh, it's unique it's a unique thing to listen to so again you know i, I do want to have guests on this so i'm just not talking that's why i've been trying to keep them pretty short because why do you want to listen to me talk the whole time but you know i'm gonna have to probably maybe do it with the zoom cast and all that stuff and maybe take some volunteers if you guys want to message out to me and you want to have a conversation we can talk the last thing i want to talk about today is i want to uh talk about something that I've been doing during my downtime. I know some of you are working, but some of you might not be working. And how do you fill your day? How do you fill your hours? And you can only read or write for so long. Well, you ever heard about the Pomodoro technique in which that you basically, it's supposed to be 45 minutes, but you set a timer and you would just, you know, I'm doing 20 to 30 and you just write 
for that timer, just write or read for that long. And when you're done, you're done. But close the book, go do something else, find something else to do. Uh, you know, it's not as though, because sometimes sitting and reading, you know, can be tedious. And even writing, what do I write about? Well, if you're only writing for a certain amount of time, you might have a, a better, you know, diligence to getting through that because like, okay, I got 20 minutes. I'm going to go and just write down anything, regurgitate all your thoughts. Maybe do that first thing in the morning as you're drinking a cup of coffee or tea or something. You know, it's just a way to pass the time right now. And it's, you know, good for self-growth and self-healing. Another thing I'm doing with that Pomodoro technique is I am doing, I, I'm writing, I am totally writing in all my books now. I'm getting a pencil out and I'm creating an index. I found this from Tim Ferriss and he creates an index in the front of his books. And then I basically, you know, highlight, you know, mark something up that I find in the book. And then I put the index of a note, like page six. This one is this book I'm reading called Energetic Boundaries by Cindy Dale, uh, which is quite unique. I do recommend this. Uh, and I might talk about more about this maybe next week. Uh, but on page six, she's describing the auric field. So I go to page six. Oh, that was the density of the auric field and how it works and how it looks. So it's something I recommend. Plus, I know many of us maybe uh, fall asleep while reading. Well, if you have a pencil in your hand, and you're kind of doing it to an extent like note taking. You actually could stay more awake because you're focused because you're not reading the entire time. You turn it back and you circle something and you write a note and you go on. So it's something to think about. Uh, but I appreciate you guys listening, uh, sending you love and light during this time. Again, uh, you know, this whole thing is taking shape. This is episode two. Uh, I want to keep going. Uh, I possibly want some possibility of having some guests so we can talk about a bunch of things as we move forward. Uh, but I'm planning on doing this uh, for a long, long time, maybe even past this quarantine, uh, past this situation and, you know, spreading some love and, you know, spreading some knowledge and some thought. So I appreciate you. Thank you for listening. Uh, blessings to you and the rest of your day and week whenever you're listening to us.